Leopold just loves to fight. played major junior and professional hockey. Throughout my teenage years on the outside, everything looked perfect. When you're hot, you're hot. Brady Leobold with his fourth goal of the game. And the Kelowna Rockets having a whole lot of fun tonight. Nobody knew I had been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody. Submerged myself into hockey that worked for a while until it didn't. Oxycontin led me to heroin, heroin led me to fentanyl and everything else. Homeless on the streets of Hastings in Vancouver, over three years of my life I've spent behind bars. But now I'm clean fighting to get my life back. Everything I do is for the memory of Matthew Wazinski and all of our fallen brothers and sisters in the hockey community. Matthew Wazinski, Mitch Fadden, this one's for you. I lost everything and almost my life. My name's Brady Leibold and I've been to hell and back. This is the road to recovery. All right, guys. Welcome to episode number three, Hockey to Hell and Back, The Road to Recovery. Thank you guys for joining me. I'm running around like a madman. It's Matt Thompson's birthday. It's also Remembrance Day, guys. Um, I uh, took a moment of silence, a couple minutes uh, today uh, on Facebook Live, guys, uh, up here in Canada. Uh, I got my, lest we forget, I love these bracelets, my team issue, but of course, uh, Remembrance Day. Um, thank you to everybody for your service uh, across North America because we know um, our partners down in the States, they keep us safe as well. So um, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Special shout out to my boy, Matt Thompson. It's his 33rd birthday today. Um, happy birthday, buddy. I know you're at the One Stop Skate Shop right now um, where I should probably be, uh, but I'm not. Uh, but that's okay. I'm going to get there after the podcast a little time off that's all right it's our second day and i'm already taking another day off i mean a couple hours off but that's all right it's been great um already got to meet a couple of locals and a really really cool story um about one of the locals you're gonna hear uh in the intro just blew me away i mean such a small world and it's just one of these things when you know you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing uh and things are just happening the right way uh, it's, it's unbelievable. So thank you to everybody for your support. Um, it's been uh, a ton of fun being able to do this, uh, and, and reconnecting with the hockey world and getting on the ice and, and everything. It's been, it's almost been overwhelming, but it's been, it's been a blast. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been awesome before I get into it, guys, big news. My daughter Veda Looks like she's coming home out of the hospital tomorrow. She's uh, born uh, about three weeks, I guess, uh, on Friday. Um, and she's been in the NICU, but she's doing great. She's gaining weight and she's coming home on Thursday. So that is awesome news. Thank you to everybody again for your support. If it wasn't for you guys, we would not have been able to do it. There's just absolutely uh, no way in hell we would have been able to do it. So thank you. Um, 
I want to um, show you guys something um, really cool. I'm gonna. I want to get right into the uh, the episode here, but um, you guys know that I talk a lot about the Puck Support Foundation uh, and what we're trying to build here. What we are. It's not what we're trying. I mean, it's a process, but we're not trying. We will, um, and uh, we'll get there and we'll continue uh, to to build on it. But we have so many uh, amazing things going on with the Puck Support Foundation, guys, and. Um, Puck Sport uh, Warrior campaigns going on. Uh, Dave Gilmore out of Kingston. This guy, okay, turning 70 years old, uh, November 14th. Uh, I'm going to premiere just a little video. Um, there'll be another one in the coming days, but this one uh, is fantastic. Thank you uh, to Steve Buckley down in Beaverton, Oregon, who has done so much for me. Uh, I do, I'm listen, I do a lot of editing and stuff myself, but I just, there's not enough hours in the day sometimes. So, uh, without the help of, of certain people and none, uh, more, uh, than Steve Buckley. So here we got, here we go. Check this out. Uh, Dave Gilmore, hashtag puck support warrior. That's right, guys. That's what you call a puck support warrior right there. That's Killer's brother, Dave. And uh, I'm hoping to get up to Kingston with Matt on the 14th. No promises. Uh, but, man, I couldn't do that. I'm 33. I'm out on the ice last night gasping for air. I had I thought I hacked up a lung. I had to even hop over the, the, the bench and scrape some snow because half my lung was sitting on the ice because I was coughing so much. Uh, but, listen, Dave is running 20 kilometers and biking. 50 kilometers on his 70th birthday. It's it's fantastic. He's doing it all to raise money for the Puck Sport Foundation, guys. He has a GoFundMe page up. If you go to GoFundMe and just search the Puck Sport Foundation, uh, you will be sure to find it. It's uh, being run by Brandon Gilmore, his son, who uh, has been a great help and is also going to be joining Dave uh, on the 14th uh, beside him uh, for his 70th birthday. So that's pretty cool. Father, son, uh, up in Kingston, 70 years old. If you guys know Dave, man, this guy was uh, was not in very good shape, uh, you know, at 50 years old. And now he's uh, turning 70 and he's he's lost like over 100 pounds. And he's he's up. He's up before everybody else I know in the morning and he's on his bike running. So, Dave, listen, you're an inspiration. Thank you for all the support for me personally, for the foundation uh, and for everything you've done for the hockey community. And like I mentioned, when I had your brother on the podcast, I know that you uh, worked in corrections. I know you're not really the, the type to come on and talk and be on a podcast quite yet, Dave, but we're working on you. Uh, but you worked in corrections. Um, and listen, uh, I was behind bars for like over three years on two different occasions, right? Like two and then one. And and uh, it's it's not a very fun place. And what he did, I mean, I wasn't there with him or anything, but I've read about it and I, I've talked to him about it. And he you know, he brought in, you know, the best of his ability, like athletics and stuff into the inmates. And, and that's the kind of stuff like as normal people, like I would have never thought about that stuff, but be honest, like, and, and sometimes now, even as, as somebody that's transitioned into a different stage, like I often forget what it's like to be there. I try not to, because, you know, I, I tried sort of a catch point too. I want to forget it, but I don't want to forget it. Right. Because it's, it's, it's a cold, harsh reminder. And, and uh, you know, there's, the way I look at it, like if I can go there, if the things that I've done, if I can, if I can get redemption, if I can get redemption, then, you know, like everybody can. And, and, uh, you know, obviously, um, everyone's story is different, but, 
Um, Dave, man, thank you. Uh, you are a true puck support warrior. Um, so guys, episode three, Hockey to Hell and Back. You know this episode is probably brought to you by Team Issues Limited. Team Issues is connecting all walks of life. Team Issue does this by recreating that special feeling of being part of something bigger. I gotta get the flow going. A community for all striving towards the same goal. Guys, check it out. Teamissue.ca. Use promo code TOEDRAG15 to get 15% off. You should have seen the toe drags I was throwing out last night. Holy cow. Right back to where I used to be. Not quite. But they were they could call me Tommy Toe Drag if they want. That's what they used to call me. Um, but I just got off the phone with Jesse before the podcast. Uh, Matt and him and I talked, and, and Team Issue is going to be available at the One Stop Skate Shop in Morrisburg, Ontario. So come see us, guys. Um, again, I'm having some issues with this program that I'm using for any videos longer than a certain amount of time. So right now, I just have to use the audio. But if you watch the Jacqueline Hawkins episode, I was able to repost the video uh, later on that night. And then the actual episode now on YouTube has the video uh, clipped into it. Uh, but what we're going to do for today. Um, and I'll be honest, most of my listenership comes through audio still. Um, I, I love doing the video and stuff. We get we get our uh, we get our viewership, uh, what we get. But um, the audio people listening to this, obviously not live, but people listening to this. Thank you, because uh, I'm well over 40,000 downloads uh, in in six months. So that's pretty good. I figure um, just that's just on my uh, feed, never mind what all the downloads on the hockey podcast network when I was on that network, I think it was around the same. So, I mean, I'm very fortunate, very grateful. Thank you. Um, the fact that you guys even want to listen to what, what I have to say, I feel like a broken down, um, you know, man sometimes. And, and maybe that's what makes me interesting. I have no idea, but thank you so much. So here we go, guys, let's do it. I'm really excited for this one. Um, if you want to see the video, follow me on Instagram at hockey to heroin at hockey to hell uh, or uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel later on. I'll post it when I get to the one stop skate shop. Also follow at one, the number one at one stop skate shop. So guys, let's do it. Here we go. Episode three, the audio intro. Uh, let's do it. Growing up in Port Coquitlam in the 1990s was great. Played for the Poco Pirates. Who are we? The Pirates. What are we gonna do? Shoot, pass, kick their ass, wipe their face in plexiglass. Ah, the good old days. The John Bailey Arenas was the official name, but to the locals, it was Poco Old and Poco New, later to be named Poco Green and Poco Blue. Poco Blue was always my favorite just because it was the rink the rep teams always played in. However, Poco Old or Poco Green, in fact, holds fonder memories for me. My favorite without question is being on the ice with my dad when I was four or five while my sister was at school. There was nothing better. Nine times out of ten, we were the only ones out there. We actually recreated it later at Planet Ice in Coquitlam one summer while I was playing pro. I rented the ice and it was just the two of us. It was awesome. The Lower Mainland, surprisingly though, did not get a WHL team until I was 13. Until then, my dream was to play for the local junior B team, the Poco Buckaroos. That dream finally came true when I was 15, and I even scored in my very first game at home in Poco on the Poco Blue. It was a special moment, but by then my sights were already set on the WHL, but I never actually believed I was good enough to play in that league. 
But my dad took me to as many Giants games as I wanted to, and sometimes he would even be there without me. I'd do anything to be able to go back and take in all of those games at his side. If he never took me to those games, especially when I was 15, there was no chance I was ever going to play in that league. It wasn't until I started to see guys I knew that they could play and they broke into the league and started to have success, well then I thought maybe I could do it. If I'm half as good as them, well just maybe I can squeak by. This sadly was my mentality. Fast forward through all the logistics, but I finally made it. And in my fifth WHL game, I made the first of many trips to Brandon to play the Wheat Kings. There was something special about that rink. Whenever I was there, I just felt like I was in the right place. Like I was exactly where I was supposed to be. I still can't tell you why there was always a conglomerate of remote control planes flying around the Keystone Center, but they were always there before all the other fans would arrive, twirling and flipping in the air. It almost served as a distraction. The Keystone Center was radiating history. You could just feel it. I sure did anyways. I have to admit, outside of my very limited knowledge about the Portland Winterhawks, only because Winterhawk legend Randy Heath was in fact a West Vancouver firefighter, and I got to watch him time to time when my dad would play hockey with the other firefighters. It was something that I always looked forward to. My dad would pull out the old record books to show me. No internet back then, and thank God my dad had every hockey movie and book possible. Seriously. I still thought playing for the Buckaroos though was my ticket to the big time. When I started to comb over the names and the astonishing numbers of the past WHL greats, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. After my old man showed me Heath's astonishing numbers, it was obvious that I was going to dig in a little more just to see what other amazing feats had been accomplished. I mean the Sackick brothers of course stood out, but I had no idea Joe had a brother Brian who absolutely dominated the dub. But aside from those two, it was a couple of Brandon Weekings that continued to show up time and time again. One in particular, Brian Robb. I'm not kidding. This guy is the legend of legends in the WHL. Brian Philip Propp was born February 15th, 1959 in Lanigan, Saskatchewan, but grew up in Newdorf, Saskatchewan. Before entering the Western Hockey League, he suited up for the SJHL's Melville Millionaires, where he recorded a whopping 76 goals, 92 assists for 168 points in only 57 games during the 75-76 season. Yeah, if you think that's impressive, hold on to your seats. Brock moved on to the dub with the Wheaties in 76-77, where he lit the lamp for 55, tallying on another 80 for 135 points in his rookie campaign in only 72 games. And this guy did not slow down there. He followed that up with 182 points. And the following year, in his final season with the Wheat Kings, Prop netted an incredible 94 goals and set up another 100, playing alongside the likes of another junior standout, Bill Derlego. Side note, last night I was on the ice here in Morrisburg for the first time with a group of guys. And as I was sitting on the bench, a guy by the name of Bill Woolley leaned over to tell me that Bill Derlego sold cars for him at Honda for years and that Bill used to skate with them. He went on to tell me how incredible he was, but I was blown away because he, this guy had no idea that I was actually talking to Derlego's liney tomorrow on my podcast. I hadn't even mentioned Brian Propp's name or anything about anything. He just dropped Derlego's name and it blew me away. Bizarre. 
By the time Prop wrapped up his junior career with the Wheaties, he rewrote the WHL record book, including most goals in a single game with seven, most game-winning goals in a single season with 16, most scoring titles with two, most consecutive scoring titles with two, most assists by a rookie in a single season with 80, most goals by a left winger in a WHL season with 94, most assists by a left wing in the WHL season with 112, and most points by a left wing in the WHL in a single season with 194. Most career playoff points by a left winger with 77, most career hat tricks by a left winger with 13, most power play assists by a left winger with 59. And in 1999, MasterCard named the All-Canadian Junior Hockey Team. This team featured current Hall of Famers, Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, Guy Lafleur, Dennis Potvin, Bobby Orr, and Bernie Perrant. It also featured Saskatchewan native Brian Propp, who lit up the lights for the Brandon Wheat Kings. Propp was drafted in the first round by the Flyers and made the jump to Broad Street after that 194 point season, no doubt. He managed to score a game-winning goal in his very first NHL game against NHL legend Billy Smith, and he even recorded an assist and had a two-point game. Prop's first NHL season saw him on a line with a guy that looks like me, Bobby Clark, and Reggie Leach. He definitely held his own, and for the next 10 years, he was an offensive threat on Broad Street. Prop played with two elite players, as he played with Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux, for most of the 1987 Canada Cup. And the Canadian team won that tournament, of course. In the 1980s, he led all left-wingers in the NHL and was first in 10 different categories, such as games played with 750, assists with 465, plus-minus with a plus 308, game-winning goals with 55, shots with 2,529, defensive point shares 16.0, playoff goals 52, playoff points 112, playoff power play goals 18 and playoff shots with 267. In all of the major categories in the regular season and playoffs, he has made the top three among left wingers a remarkable 29 times in that decade. In his 1,000th game, he scored his 1,000th NHL point. Fittingly, it came on a goal against the Philadelphia Flyers. Ryan Propp has represented his country five times in international play. In 79 as a world junior, in 82 the world championships, again in 83, and of course 87 in the Canada Cup, and again in 92 in the Spangler Cup. Propp was known for his unique goal celebration dubbed the Gaffa. After scoring a goal, Propp would skate towards center ice, place his right glove under his left arm, and raise his right arm in a waving fashion. While making the gesture, Propp would say, Gaffa! Prop credits the celebration to Canadian comedian Howie Mandel. The same year Prop was named to the, the All-CHL team for his outstanding play in Major Junior, he was also inducted into the Philadelphia Flyers Hall of Fame. He was also inducted into the Saskatchewan Rural Hockey Hall of Fame in 2002, and in 2003 he was inducted into the Saskatchewan Provincial Hall of Fame, and in 2014 Prop was inducted into the Saskatchewan Hockey Hall of Fame and the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame. I could sit here and talk all day about his amazing accomplishments and why I believe he deserves to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. But what a lot of people don't know about Brian Propp is that he suffered a stroke in 2015. 
and he used hockey to fight back against his stroke. I don't want to comment too much on it. I'd rather hear it from him. This guy is an amazing hockey player and an even better person. And I can't wait to hear it directly from him. So let's do it, guys. Episode 3, Hockey to Hell and Back. Guffaw, Brian, prop. Listen, man, we'll get right into it. Thanks for doing this. You are, without question, a WHL, NHL, hockey, Canadian world legend, man. Like, um, before I let you take it, um, seriously, like, you are, um, you know... Your numbers, man, are, are just mind-blowing. Like, I don't even know how much fun that must have been uh, to play. And I want to hear about your experience playing in the Western League back then. Uh, but I want to know a little bit more about your childhood. Tell me tell me about growing up in, in small-town Saskatchewan. Uh, yeah, so I grew up in Newdorf, Saskatchewan with uh, 300 people. I have... Uh two brothers and two sisters were all 13 months apart. So we had our own hockey team. Uh, my dad was a Lutheran minister and my mom uh, took care of the kids. Uh, but it was, it was, it was an easy life. You know, like we didn't do anything for learn how to skate and, and go to school. And it was really simple. So, uh, but I usually worked in the, in the, in the summer in the farms uh, just to help them out. Uh, but uh, my dad being a minister, like I, I grew, grew up in the church. And so like I went to uh, church every Sunday and then I had to go to choir for my mom, but I, I just uh, I didn't do that well. Uh, so like I backed out. Uh, but yeah, usually uh, from Saskatchewan, it was nice. Uh, and uh, you know, I know going to school and just by skating uh, every day, uh, you know, in, in the winter when, when it have the ice, it was it just helped me along and but my dad my dad taught me the, the fundamentals of skating and checking and how to do uh, be a good sport how to give back and that's uh that's how i i i learned learned from him well i think that's that seems to be the uh the canadian way doesn't it and it's not always the case actually i want I've mentioned this before. Actually, I don't know if you saw the NHL draft, but there was a couple. There's been a couple of remarkable stories about uh, single moms out there that have just done some remarkable things uh, for their boys and, and watching them get drafted and stuff. So uh, it's not always the case, but uh, it's nice to hear. And, and uh, it kind of reminds me of um, I was sitting here thinking almost like the the Hunter brothers. I played with Luke Hunter. I don't know if you're familiar with them out of Shonovan, but they they had they were sing they sang in the choir and they were all hockey players. Um, but now actually, uh, and a few of them played wet pro and, and junior, but now they have a, they're a country, country music band, like huge. They were on the Junos and stuff. So, uh, they're from Shonovan. shout out to the Hunter brothers. But, uh, what about your natural ability to just put the puck in the net? Like, come on, like, where do you get that? Like, cause people could spend hours and hours and hours and hours and, and, and sometimes guys just have that knack to put the puck in the net. What, what made you different? uh from from say the next guy uh what did you do different uh, that allowed you to put the puck in the net more than the rest of them so i worked on my uh shooting uh i wanted to be very accurate and so like uh i always made a a point point pant a point a point pant of not missing the missing the net and yeah. so like i shot uh, the corners like i, I picked the corners and uh five holes and and uh, all over 
so like people didn't know where uh, I was shooting and uh, like had a good back car back on too. So, but you know, but the quick restaurant uh, wrist shot was uh, my trademark. Uh, and then oh, yeah. I always stood in front of the net, got the rebounds and uh, thought about where, I, where, where the puck was going to go. And so, but you know, in, in, in Newdorf, like we, we, we were lucky to have a team. And so uh, I had, uh, five or six guys uh, that were the same grade of me. So it really helped that we had a team uh, together. And, and I usually played uh, for other teams like when I was uh, younger. And so I got lots of ice time. But uh, just by uh, skating and knowing where to go and, and practicing the shooting, you know, that's why I scored as many goals as I did. I was in the right spot and I would pick the corners. Well, man, you must have been in the right spot all the time because uh, I don't know how you get 94 goals in, in, in that amount of games in the best junior hockey league in the world, but that's crazy. Um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I always ask guys, what was your experience, to the best of your knowledge, uh, uh, moving away from home uh, to make the jump into the Western Hockey League? Was that, was that an easy transition for you back in the 70s or, or, or was, it, uh, was it challenging for you, Brian? Well, for me, uh, I, I when I when I was fifteen, I played for the Melville Millionaires. That's right. You didn't uh, just pl- so- by the way, you didn't just play for them. You absolutely destroyed the league. So, come on. <laughs> yeah, so like I won the NB- MVP that year. Like uh, I had a lot of uh, you know the, the records that are you know, <laughs> our left wingers are still there, and then and then uh, then I went to Brandon when I was uh, seventeen, and so I, I lived with other teams uh people in the in the house and so uh but you know thankfully for me i had uh, brad mccrimmon and ray allison i've known them for a lot of years and and we knew each other from playing against each other and we got we got along really well and then uh, having a uh, dunk mccollin as a coach he taught us how to be pros and yes. uh you know that made a big difference but uh we had such powerful teams with uh, Larry and uh, Hanlon and Semenkin and and a yeah. bunch of these guys and then Konecker, Konecki and you know so I was always fortunate to have good teams uh, with me and uh, that made a big difference uh, like because we learned how to win and we we didn't lose that much I know <laughs> that my first year when I was a rookie we only lost twelve games and then eight and then five. Five yeah. was that, that's pretty amazing because at that Crazy. time it was still twenty year old uh, twenty year old players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's. I mean, I, I seriously I think about it, and I remember being in Brandon and just being in that arena and and knowing of uh, the the history with with your line. And I'm glad you mentioned Allie there because I didn't realize that you guys knew each other from before because that's really cool because you guys got to play together uh, with your life. and you get the three of you guys that year. Um, combined for over 400 points, um, which is pretty remarkable. Um, it's I don't think uh, another line has done that since <laughs> or ever. Um, but I want to get to uh, I want to get sort of you made the jump into the NHL, Brian, and I mean you finished with 425 regular season goals. It's pretty remarkable, uh, and just over a thousand thousand games. You're just just under a point a game, which uh, man, like. To, to play one game in the NHL is incredible. To, to score 425 and over 1,000 points um, is, is a whole nother story. Uh, we could talk about your hockey career uh, for days, and I'm sure people talk about it all the time. 
Um, there's lots there. I, I covered so much of it in the intro and there was even more that I have to cut short. I, I, I just, I had literally cut out two paragraphs because I was stuttering reading that intro. So I just want you to see the video because it's so much better. Um, but uh, I really wanted to ask you about 2015, Brian, before we go over into the hockey. And, and if you don't mind addressing that, because I actually, and I'm sorry, I didn't know of it. And people listening know that I was sort of on this track of, I didn't even, I would barely have known if somebody in my own family went through something traumatic because I was just so disconnected from the world. So I apologize, but I was unaware that you actually suffered a stroke. And that's something that's very close to my heart because my grandma, uh, my mom's mom, she suffered a stroke. She, she, uh, you know, she suffered a stroke just after retirement. She was in a wheelchair for, from the time she was, I don't know, 61 or 62 till she passed away just in 2017. Um, and it was, it was a really, really hard experience for our family. So I, I understand, um, not personally, but seeing how it can affect somebody and seeing, um, the pictures of you recovering, Brian, and reading about the stories and, and hearing you talk about it. Like I have, cause I've done my research and, and wow, man, what an inspiration. So you tell us a little bit of how you used hockey, um, and, 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 you know, your, your love for wanting to, to get back on essentially skates, but rollerblades uh, and how it helped you uh, get back on your feet again. Cause, and, and props to you, man, because like not everybody can do that. So that just goes to show you, you know, you, that's like you banging pucks in front of the net, you stand there, you work, you dig, you dig, you dig, and you get rewarded for that goal. And, and so here we are today and you got, it's like you're scoring the biggest goal of your life. Is it not? Yeah. Every day is, uh, I'm very fortunate to be alive because in 2015, uh, I was in, in vacation with my family in Annapolis, and I was uh, feeling okay the first day. The second day, I had a really bad headache, and I fell out of bed, and uh, I, I you know, lost a couple of teeth. All those years playing hockey, I never lost any teeth. And, uh, but thankfully, my family was there. Otherwise, because I couldn't talk, I couldn't uh, do anything. Otherwise, I, I would have probably been died uh, if, if I, my family wasn't with me. So it took me... Uh, a year and a half to get better. And uh, at the start, I couldn't talk at all. I had to relearn with my brain wow. how to talk. And uh, the first thing that I said was Bernie Pratt. And that was about it. But it, it you know, you just did, you just, you know, I, I, know, I know Bernie, I just saw him at our Flyers alumni golf tournament a couple of days ago. And he's, we yeah. still talk about, talk about it and, and give it back. But yeah, it, so uh, what happened was that I had an ablation uh, in the heart uh, 12 years before that, my stroke. And then, so uh, an ablation in the heart, it, you, if you Google it, 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 it they burn out in the ends. And then that hopefully that uh, it, it doesn't uh, trigger, trigger, tr trigger the, like the, the AFib. And so I, I was doing okay, and then I thought I was uh, okay, but I probably wasn't because after time, the ablation wars out, and then so I, I didn't have the blood thinners, and uh, I probably a clot went into my heart, into my brain, and so uh, again, I was very fortunate that I was uh, still with my family at that time, and uh, it, it took a long time just to get much better, but I was very positive about everything. And I always thought as athletes, uh, we, we try whatever we can to be much better. And, and you know, this year, uh, 
I'm working with Bancroft uh, brain injury people in, in New Jersey. I, I'm, I'm their ambassador. So I talk with people. I go to the events. Uh, I, you know, I talk with people all the time with strokes. And we have a talk uh, like this week, uh, like where I'll talk uh, for a couple hours about how people can uh, learn from things. And, uh, you know, and from that, I, you know, I just... Uh, I'm very happy to be alive and, uh, and enjoy everything. Like I just skated this morning with my group of guys. It's nice. The morning hockey league. Uh, we, we skate every Wednesday and Friday morning. Uh, two goalies, five on five, full equipment and a couple subs. Uh, and, you know, and my, my right hand doesn't work that well. So, like, I have to uh, – and the right side, but that's that's all that I have wrong with me. But uh, the the goalies that I play with, they're not that good, so I can score and uh, do the guffaw every time. There you go. There it is, right there. There it is. That's it. Yeah, like that. But uh, yeah, but it's uh, for me. Uh, life is uh, precious. Uh, every day Absolutely. I'm alive. I I, I I I love it. And you know, just with me. Uh, you know, just getting uh, started with my uh, cigar cigar brand, the, the Gaffaw cigar brand. Nice. I talked with Howie Mandel. Uh, he, uh, you know, I trademarked that, but he didn't mind. I talked with him before uh, I started that, uh, doing the Gaffaw. And uh, now I have my cigars. Uh, and uh, if, if, if they want to go to my GaffawCigars.com website, there's uh, lots of information on that. What is, what's the website? It's GaffawCigars.com. Yeah dot com perfect yeah, yeah let so it, like so like every, the, they're, they're made from the, uh, the dominican republic and i and i started with 425 boxes of 10 for my 425 regular season goals uh but i wanted something with quality and so but but they're really good cigars and uh and people enjoy them and, and and i just came up with a five pack now for 60 bucks you know, which uh, people can order and uh, for gifts for Christmas and Thanksgiving. Absolutely. That's oh, it's, awesome. Uh, it's nice. That's cool. I wish I would. And maybe I'll have to order some because I just had my little girl uh, three weeks ago and I never gave out any cigars yet. So I'll have to order a box of five here from you after we talk. Yeah. I will have to do that for, for you, from you for sure. That's uh, that's cool. I, I wasn't uh, I wasn't aware of that. Um, that's that's so cool. Um, you're based uh, you're down in, in New Jersey, right? Yeah, I'm in uh, Haddonfield, New Jersey. Uh, I've always been in New Jersey. I've been here 40, 41 years uh, when I started with the Flyers in 79, 80. So uh, 41 years later, I'm back. And, uh, you know, like I had a 15-year career, and then I played in France, and then I uh, ran the Medford Ice Rink. You know, something was about hockey. And then, then I got the job with the Flyers as their announcer for nine years uh, from 2000 to 2009. And then I worked at the judge group for five years. And now I'm uh, the last six years I've been working with Wolf Commercial Real Estate. And I love that. And, you know, I'm also the ambassador for the, for Bancroft and, you know, was uh, the ambassador for, uh, for uh, the Flyers every home game. But they're not doing that this year. So that's why I figured out uh, you know, with my cigars, uh, it'll, it'll help me out. <laughs> there you go. And it'll keep you a little bit busy, too. It's uh it's always interesting too, right? That it seems that uh, hockey always seems to to find a way back into our lives one way or another. And I'm sure that even um, in the cigar business, I know a lot of these coaches and, and upper management and and uh, even players, uh, you know, look at the Stanley Cup 
Um, it would, would not be something to see all the Philadelphia Flyers smoking a guffaw cigarette out for a Stanley Cup victory. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? Yeah, that would be. We just had our Flyers alumni uh, golf tournament a couple days ago. And so I got to hand out the cards and like all the companies that were there, you know, like uh, the, it's good inf information for me to hand out to everybody. And, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll keep ordering like for uh, Christmas gifts. And, you know, because what do you what do you what do you buy your, your, your yourself? Uh, you know, you, you know, underwear and socks, right? That's right. And so like 60 bucks and five cigars, you know, nice uh, 56 by six inch nice. cigars. Uh, yeah. There's two mild, two medium and a, and a Medora. Uh, so like a good choice. And uh, so depending on what they want, uh, it'd be a good gift for people to give. I, I absolutely, absolutely. Not even just for the Philadelphia Flyers fan. It sounds like it's a, I'm actually, I'm actually excited to check it out because I was thinking, I'm not even kidding. I was thinking about, I got to get cigars because I just had my daughter. So 100% uh, count me in. Um, I want to ask you, and this is a loaded question, but I'm sure you get asked it all the time. The Hockey Hall of Fame. What the hell is going on with that? I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot because listen, we're hockey players. I'm sure you're grateful you had the career you had. It's not about um, always about recognition and about being in the Hall of Fame, but I mean, you're you're there in my opinion right like you're 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 there and some people can argue yes some people can argue no um but in my opinion if if you want to put it into categories and everything else and the numbers like uh, yeah well uh, so like uh, the the playoffs is where where I, I i did really well and like so i'm number one in left wings scoring for the history of, of the nhl uh with the points and so I, I was really quiet and I didn't say anything. And so, but, uh, you know, the last year or two, you know, we've started to put together a list of people that we know that hopefully the, 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 the committee can, can find somebody to support me. And, uh, and I know that next year there's not going to be a Hall of Fame either because of everything that's going on this year. So I, I was in, in pretty good shape just to kind of, connect with all the right people so now it just might take me another uh, year year or two just to uh, continue with uh promoting myself a little bit better yeah well this is the thing and, and i understand that and that's and i'm for for me i'm glad you're doing that but i'm also pissed off that you're doing that because i don't think you should have to do that you already did the work you already did the work on the ice <laughs> you know what i mean so um when you lead a category in the league with the record for a certain position that to me is is pretty is pretty clear right there like wh what other argument do you need i don't even need to tell you any other argument but we don't need to touch on that we will i will just say proper that i'm on i'm on the brian prop for the hockey hall of fame team not that i have a huge say but uh i'm certainly uh certainly one of the ones that believes you deserve to be there after such an amazing career and and uh, you would think because you you perform so well in the playoffs, that's usually where it counts. You know what I mean? And, and I hate this is another thing I want to ask you about. So people say, oh, because so and so doesn't have a Stanley Cup, they're not this and that. That's like saying to me, Brian, that's like saying to me, OK, so one guy is supposed to win the Stanley Cup for the entire team. Right. Like how how can you base somebody's career on a team sport like when you have that in it like i get it i get it some some players they they can bring but i mean 
you look at these guys, they always had these great players around them too, in my opinion. So I'd love to hear more on that, what your thoughts are, are on all of it. Like, Well, so, so I know when I first got drafted, I, you know, it was the, the league merged. And so like there was the 18 year olds, like, so that's where Bork was there and Lori Boschman was ahead of me. But for me, it was actually, uh, I was pretty lucky that uh, I, I went to the Flyers because you know, had good teams, good leadership. Bob Clark was one of the best leaders in the world. And then yeah. Mark Howe came later and, and a good coaching. So I got in the playoffs of my first 13 years consecutive, you know, so otherwise a lot of people like uh, they have to build uh, to get into the playoffs, even if they're better players. And so uh, I was fortunate that I, I had good leadership and good teams that I played with. And they, with my first year, we went into the Stanley Cup finals. That was one against 16. That's why we played against the Islanders uh, that year because we, we we played one against number 16, and so we ended up playing against the Islanders, and then they switched the conferences, which made it a little tougher uh, be, to get out of that conference. Uh, but, but then Edmonton kind of came on in the 80s. It was really tough to, to beat them, but, you know, thankfully I was there like in 80, 85, and 87, and 90, and 91, and so I was in, in the Stanley Cup final uh, five times, which yeah. is really tough to get there. And, you know, you never know. It's a bounce here and here that makes a big difference where yep. you, if, if you win or uh, you don't, it, you know, I, I, I tell people it doesn't matter uh, if I haven't had won a Stanley Cup. Being there as many a times as I have and pr- producing is the key of everything. And so, like, you know, <laughs> Absolutely. I, 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 if, if I was, a, I was get one of the older guys and, just played one or two games to, to say I won a Stanley Cup and didn't do anything, I, I would have hated that. But, you know, I, uh, I loved uh, that I promoted, uh, pro- produced every time. Yeah, and that, see, and that's the thing, right? And this is so glad you said that, too. It's you're there, you produced, you did everything you could. And it's like, man, I, I just don't. With, with your case and the whole thing, I'm just sort of, I'm a little just, there to me, there, like I said, there's just no argument against it and i i truly believe proper that we're gonna we're gonna see that day and, and i hope um everything lifts with with covid19 and stuff what's going on around your area right now with with everything because i know it's kind of all over it seems to me uh with everything that's going on like even here in canada i'll tell you so i was talking to jesse the owner of team issue limited um and my former teammate with the Kona rockets so that's the jersey behind me um we were talking and he's in manitoba and i'm in ontario and he is, you know, they're going into full down lock lockdown. They're not allowed to play hockey anymore. And there we were last night on the ice. And I know it's different with provinces. So it just seems that everywhere is sort of different. So what's going on uh, down down where you are? Well, New Jersey, it's a little tougher. But, you know, they, they were just starting to get some dining uh, uh, inside. and But most of them, the dining was outside. And, yeah. uh, you know, they're, they're, now they're talking about uh, – you know, locking it down a little bit more, you know, with the election not being finished, mm-hmm. you know, it could make a difference of one way or the other. Uh, but, you know, you know, I feel good and, uh, you know, it'll take some time, but uh, as long as we're safe and, right. uh, you know, we, you know, that, you know, then uh, I know because for the hockey, it's been tough. And like, even for me as the ambassador, I'm not doing that this year, but, you know, even hockey, uh, you know, they, they just talked about, maybe changing the conferences, uh, using a bubble and, and other divisions for hockey, you know, too. But, 
because how do you play in front of fans uh, that are paying all the money for the, these guys? These guys are making millions of dollars a dollar, and uh, you know if they don't if they don't play, you know it it, it you know I don't know if they still have the contracts uh, vetted, uh, validated. I yeah it it seems to me that uh, things things are going to have to definitely change. And, and like you said, that that's a good point. I, it's, I wonder what they are going to do with that and if what the conferences will look like. And, and, and it just sort of seemed like the NHL really, really pushed to, to get it done. And I'm, I'm sure they're going to get it, try to try to get it, you know, do whatever they need to do to make it safe just so they can keep operating. It's sort of, they don't really stop for anything. It seems like it's like, okay, we have a roadblock, but we're going to find a solution around it no matter what we have to do, which I think is a testament to Gary Bettman and his business savvy. But sometimes in my opinion, there's, there's bigger issues at hand and, uh, like you said, I just hope that everything calms down and 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 goes back to normal because man, I'm I'm missing uh, I'm missing what life was like uh, even eight months ago. Um, people are people are just a little seem to be a little bit different. You never know, like people you can't even talk to people when you're out anymore. People around it seems like they get like you don't want to get too close to them or do anything. It's just sort of sort of a, a weird energy. But I really hope. Um, that everything um, gets back to normal. So tell me a little bit more um, about the experience, about uh, having the stroke and the rehab um, and the decision to put rollerblades on uh, in the rehab center uh, to get your strength back. Yeah, so like for at the start, like it, I was in the hospital for six weeks uh, every day. And, you know, I just, you know, they, they have all the shots that you take in your stomach. And then, uh, you know, just uh, it took a long time. And then uh, had a, a, in outpatient for like five days a week, uh, and then, uh, but you know, I was getting better. Uh, it took me about, I'd say, about eight months, and so I was able to. Uh, I, I didn't lose much of my balance, which was uh, which was nice uh, because, uh, like, I can still skate and play hockey and play some golf, uh, uh, but uh, you know, it just. Uh, you know, just you have to really be patient uh, to with your brain to heal. And with for me, uh, you know, I've been uh, five five years after like, but I've uh, been doing better with my speaking because I still have aphasia, which means that the words don't come out that way. But and neither, neither do the other other guys that I played hockey with. They don't remember that either. Yeah, so, <laughs> but yeah, so for you know for. Uh, at McGee, uh, where I was, like uh, after a few months, they saw that I was way ahead of what uh, the other uh, the people were, and uh, you know I just wanted to do something a little faster. Uh, but so like uh, at least they let me skate in the ra- rail blade, railer blades, <laughs> and uh, so just uh, I had to hang on with somebody. But you know after time, like I'll just uh, I, they didn't have to because uh, <laughs> guys I was pretty good with my balance. But yeah, you know it was good just to think about playing hockey again and, and enjoying what I could think that I could want to do. And so thankfully I, I, I am still uh, skating and playing golf. And playing golf. So that's another thing that you like to do. Hey, eh? your golf, how's your golf game? Uh, well, it was well, my, my hand doesn't work that well. Yeah. But uh, I, I can, I can, I'm sure right-handed. I shoot left-handed, but I golf right-handed. Okay. I hit it about 220. But pretty straight. And then, uh, I was. We just won the the tournament of the, the Flyers Alumni Golf Tournament. Oh my god! With my group, but you know I had good players. 
<laughs> here I was, I'm thinking, okay, you're going to be able to just maybe get out there and hit it. You're like, yeah, I hit a 220, but straight. Yeah, we just won. No big deal. Of course, yeah. right? Of course. Yeah. Of well, course you about, did. It's all about putting. <laughs> well, you're just a natural at everything, aren't you, proper? That's just the way it goes. Even even when they try to try to, you know, disable you, you're still you're still better than everybody else. Oh no, not really. Well, <laughs> you know, I have lots of help. Uh, you I know, know you, you I have, know. I'm just playing. You have good 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 teammates uh, that really make a difference. It's sort of like with our Flyers alumni. They supported me after my stroke, and and a couple of friends that I yeah. had, like Ray Allison, was there a lot, and and, and my friend Scott McKay, and. Uh, you know, and uh, so like, uh, you know, they, they took care of me and, uh, you know, I, I know Bill, he's in, in, in uh, Toronto and, you know, uh, you know, a lot of these guys are, you know, are good friends of mine. And I like, but, but from me doing the radio for nine years, uh, I know all the alumni from the other teams and stay in contact with them. I'm still on the board of our Flyers alumni board. Uh, so like I, I, I stay in front of these people and, you know, we have their events and like, like uh, Harry, Harry, Eric, Eric, he always had some golf tournaments that I went to and uh, I played some golf in Newfoundland and uh, no hockey in Newfoundland. And, and uh, you know, so like, uh, you know, it, it keeps me in front of these other people in Canada. Like, and I, I couldn't visit with my family in Saskatchewan uh, this, this summer but hopefully next summer, uh, you know, I can probably visit with them again. Yeah, that'd be nice. I have a question coming in from my buddy, uh, my buddy Phil Myaskowski. He would like to, uh, he'd like to know about Pelly Lindbergh's talent. Obviously, that's a, a tragic story, but he would like to know if he, you think he would have been one of the top goalies um, if that didn't happen. Like, was he, was he, was he pretty good? Well, he was getting to be one of the best goalies in in the in the world at that that year. Like uh, that was thirty five years ago uh, that this happened a, a couple yeah. of years ago. Uh, and uh, but yeah, he, at that time he was he was one of the best goalies in the world. And uh, so like we just got started that year, and you know we just won a bunch of car, and then then an the accident happened. You know, uh, I think that. You know, a lot of people here that are Flyer fans know that uh, they probably felt that if Pelly was still alive, that you know we could have won a, a couple Stanley Cups with him. Yeah, and and that, that's that's important with goalies. Like yeah. like Hart now, and, you know he he's he's great for the Flyers. He'll be there yeah. for a lot of years. Gives the Flyers a chance to win every every time. Yep, and yeah, and that's a, that's a really good point. And uh, and yeah, I mean it's it's a one of one of the tragic stories in hockey. And, and Phil, thanks for the question. It's sometimes hard to see the questions coming in because I still haven't quite figured out this program. Sometimes I got to look at the phone. Sometimes I got to look here. Um, but it's it's pretty amazing. If I had to ask you um, your your fondest memory um, from the Western Hockey League, and then your fondest memory from playing in the NHL, um, what comes to mind for for Brian Prop? Yeah, so like when I was a rookie in Brandon. Uh, I scored uh, seven goals one game uh, in, in, <laughs> against Pat Portwork, Portwork, Portland. So, like, I, re I still remember that. The, you know, seven, seven in one game as a rookie. Yeah, and so like, yeah, but then uh, you know, you, you know, but we had good teams, and but yeah, so I still remember that. That was special to me, and, and for the NHL, I think it was probably. In 1987, in the finals against Edmonton, uh, uh, game five, uh, I had four assists that game. 
so like uh, that, that we we kind of stubbed them off, and then uh, so '87 finals, uh, game five was was my best game uh, for four assists, and then game six I scored the tying goal to make it two-two, and then JJ scored to make it three to two. So we forced a game seven against Edmonton. So that's uh, those we remember those two uh, two games. Yeah, well, pretty special for sure. And um, before I let you go too, I mean. Pretty special getting to play alongside uh, Lemieux and Gretzky in the Canada Cup. How, how much fun was that? How good are those two, really? Well, they were two of the best in the world. But you know, uh, you know, I, but but I was one of the oldest guys in the team that year in Canada, Canada Cup, and so like I knew because by playing in World Championships in '82 and '83, so I learned how to play in the big rinks too. So defense was a little bit easier. Because I played uh, both sides of the rink, like uh, I was a good player, but a, a good checker. Uh, so, like I told uh, Lemieux and Gretzky, I said, "Hey guys, uh, here's what I'll do. Uh, I'll let you guys just handle the puck, and I'll just uh, stay back and play a little defense. And what do you think about that?" And I said, "That's fine. Yeah, that was good. But no, it was really special. '87." with uh, the Canada Cup because the three-game series against the Russians uh, was unbelievable. Like, it was so good. Uh, the, all the players were good players. They were awesome, too. And, you know, so, like, at that time, they didn't get drafted. So yeah. it was even more special for them. But, uh, you know, winning the, the, the Canada Cup in, by, in Hamilton it was was unbelievable. No doubt. That uh, pretty special experience. If I had to ask you, um, all the great players, excuse Matt's, Matt's got three golden retrievers barking away, but that's okay. That's all right. Uh, yeah, that's part of life. Uh, I think Matt's actually coming back, uh, coming to check on, see, see where I'm at. Um, but if I had to ask you, if there's there one player um, that you played against that that you're like, wow, you know, this this guy um, is is really – really something um, that blew you away where, yes, you played on a line with Lemieux and Gretzky. Maybe it's one of them, but maybe there's a surprising guy out there. Maybe somebody that – is there somebody that just stuck out for you where, where it really blew you away that how good they were coming as how good you were having to look up to somebody? You know what I mean? Because there yeah, could have been so, too many players uh, better than you, Brian. <laughs> I have a couple guys, like uh, – and, and uh, Mark Howe is unbelievable. Like, he was so quiet. He should have won the Norris like three other times, but because we, we went with the Flyers, we didn't promote ourselves that much. That's why he didn't win a notice, no novice notice. And then uh, you know Brad McCrimmon was 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 really good too. Like yep. they're always plus eighty five every year. They played so so Crazy. consistent, but also it's really tough. Uh, Ray Bork, you know, okay. I, I played against him. I mean, he's he's good and. Front and back, you know, you, you could you never knew how good he was. Uh, but Mark Howe was underrated, and uh, but awesome. I, you know, and I also liked uh, Mark Recchi. Mark okay. Recchi kind of reminded me uh, he was very consistent. You know, he he, he didn't uh, he, he scored a lot, but he did he never had a bad game, and that's kind of what I more modeled uh, my myself under. Yeah. And, and that's a great point. Those are some, see, I, I love that. I love those answers. I love getting, uh, hearing from a great, like you, um, a, a hockey legend, like you getting to hear those answers. It's so cool for, from a fan's perspective. I sometimes get to geek out, even though I played pro hockey, getting to talk to 
to a guy like you, I still get to be the little boy that's a fan and and hear the stories, and it's really cool. And 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 it always surprises me. So like when I get to hear that, I would have never guessed that you would have said Mark Howe, and I would have never guessed, uh, you, you know. So it's it's really neat to get to hear those. Um, and, and Brian, I think you know what I got to get back to the skate shop. Um, but I would I would honestly I would love to uh, to connect with you further and, and possibly do this again down the road and and tell you a little bit more about the Puck Support Foundation down the road and and see if there's anything uh, that maybe we can do together down the road because there's a lot of great people involved, um, former NHLers and junior guys. Brian, there's a lot of guys out there and girls struggling in the hockey community, right. with health and addiction and, and different things. And sometimes, uh, like you know yourself, when you were struggling with uh, going through a stroke, it sometimes it took hockey yeah. uh, off your feet so sometimes when you, you, have, you get so give, give some people some hope that's and right j- just so that you know like uh every uh box of cigars that i sell i, I give a percentage back to bancroft uh, brain injury people yes you do that's awesome and uh i'm gonna make sure that i tag um uh the bancroft um foundation and, and make sure that people uh, can get linked to that if you guys want yeah, uh, to donate awesome. and everything. I'll make sure I'll get all the information in the link below, guys. Um, whether you're watching, um, not live because it obviously won't be there now. But if you're watching later, look below right now. If you're listening to the audio, look below right now. There's going to be links um, to Gaffaw cigarettes or cigars. Sorry, I I don't know why I said cigar. Gaffaw cigars, the five pack for sixty bucks, um, and um, Great Christmas gift. And, of course, Bancroft uh, Foundation, which is unbelievable. Kudos to you, Brian, uh, for an absolutely remarkable hockey career, man. Like, you're a legend. Thank you for joining me. But, honestly, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm honored to, to know you. Um, and uh, I'm proud of you uh, that, that you got through, that you're continually fighting. Um, because I can't imagine... Uh, how hard that must have been um, because I saw my grandma struggle and, and you know and I, I can I heard you talk about how you progressed a little bit quicker um, than some people and 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 I'm sure there's some people that were there with you um, that aren't in the shape that you're in right now um, so you can you can understand I can see uh, you know how lucky you are but it also um, I believe it, it comes from within your heart um, and like you said, because you were such a great athlete, such a great hockey player, you're like, man, I got to get up. I got to score some goals. I'm not going to sit around right. and, and do right. this. So that's a testament to you uh, and your character, man. So kudos to you. Uh, I'm so proud of you and um, look forward to, to this friendship. And make sure, guys, um, underneath the description, make sure you check out his cigars uh, and uh, the foundation for sure. So, Brian, prop, can you give us a guffaw before you go? Oh. All right, buddy. All right, guys. That's uh, episode three. Hockey to Hell and Back the Road Recovery with hockey legend and, in my opinion, future Hall of Famer. Let's make it happen. Philadelphia Flyer Brandon Weeping legend, Brian Prop. Thanks, Brian. You're the man. Thanks, Brady. All right, guys. That's episode three. Hockey to Hell and Back the Road Recovery. Brian Prop. What an awesome guy kidding me do yourself a favor right now i know you guys heard it in the intro um i know we talked about his career a little bit do yourself a favor go on elite prospects right now type in brian see it with your own eyes the numbers (laughs) 
It's insane. Um, yeah. That guy's on the all CHL team. All CHL team. Bobby Orr, Gretzky, Lemieux, Potvin. Are you kidding me? Brian Prop. Brandon Weekend, Brian Prop, 194 points in one season. 94 snipes. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just funny to me. Um, and uh, thank you guys uh, for watching. Thank you to Brian Prop. Um, what an inspiration he is. Um, you know, he mentioned it uh, about the stroke and, and how hard uh, it's been in the battle. Um, and you could see a little bit. Um, but Brian, man, five years ago, he couldn't even talk, couldn't stand up, couldn't walk. Look at Brian Prop today. Anybody need some inspiration? Go read up about Brian Prop. There's a couple of YouTube videos. I'm going to post the, the video I made about uh, Prop with the new intro. I got to get back to the one stop skate shop. It's Matt Thompson's birthday. Thank you to Dave Gilmore and all the Puck Support Warriors uh, for repping the Puck Support brand. I know I mentioned that we're dropping the Youth Ambassador very, very soon. Uh, I just haven't had time uh, to draw up. The contract, that's right. Our youth ambassadors will in fact be signing contracts just like they will be when they sign their pro contracts. So um, that's how we're gonna get it started. Uh, the dream starts um, when we're kids um, and uh, we're gonna make that dream come alive. And um, Pretty special yesterday at the One Stop Skate Shop, opening the doors. If you follow me on social media, you, you heard me tell this story. Um, we were driving there yesterday. Keep in mind, uh, it's mid-November. Today's the, 10, the, elite, the 11th, so it was the 10th. We're in Ontario. There should be snow on the ground um, and a fair bit of snow on the ground. Matt and I were driving to the One Stop Skate Shop. And I'm like, man, it's a beauty day outside. What a, it's a beauty day. And Matt's like, man, beautiful though. He looks down at, he's got the brand new Ford truck, looks down, 24 degrees. We're like, wow, it's really hot, right? We're not thinking 24, da, da, da. This is on opening day. We're driving to the one-stop skate shop, okay? On opening day, me and him. 24 degrees in November when there should be snow on the ground. Then later, it's a nice all day. We're sitting around eating dinner later that night, talking with his dad, LT, Lauren Thompson. We're like, he's like, man, LT's like, it was such a nice day. Matt's like, yeah, it was 24. And he's like, yeah, LT's like, yeah, it was like 22 degrees today. I'm like, no, it was 24 degrees. Matt looks at me, he's like, 24 degrees. And I'm like, as if. So while we were driving to the one-stop skate shop, on opening day, it was 24 degrees. 24 is Matthew Lazinski's number. Matthew Lazinski was watching over us and showing us that he was there. <laughs> There's no way it should have been 24 degrees out on a November 10th. 
Matt showed me a picture of this time last year here and there was snow on the ground. You look down 24 degrees. Maddie, everything we do, we do it for you. And uh, I have a new um, audio intro um, that uh, I'll try to play at the end. I don't know if it'll play, but it'll be in the new audio one. So guys, please follow me on social media. Add hockey to heroin, add hockey to hell, at puck support, at puck support warriors. And please follow at one stop skate shop guys if you're in south dundas come and see us um it's 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 been a lot of fun um beta's coming home from the hospital tomorrow can't wait for taylor and the kids to get up here thank you guys for all your support um i failed to mention there was another cool story that i wanted to mention too so my dad was getting rid of all his programs from the 1970s and 80s he used to go to all the games with his dad and all that stuff from before and even after his dad passed away he was uh, getting rid of his programs. He sold them to somebody online and he was walking them out and one of them fell onto the ground and I have a picture of it. I wish I uploaded it, but I didn't. Um, and he opened it up and it was a picture of Brian Prop in the magazine. My dad sent me the picture. He's like, look at this, isn't this crazy? And this was like yesterday. So he's like, this is crazy. Even my dad is saying the stuff that's happening is crazy. There's no denying it. Um, Things are finally aligning. Um, it feels really good. Um, I do need to be honest about something before I go. So, I come on here every uh, every day or whatever. I make live videos, and I share my story of strength and hope and and I'm clean off hard drugs and it feels great. You know, I have a beautiful family, just had a baby and it's so many things are great, but I'm really struggling these past few months, like really struggling. Um, having major flashbacks um, of certain things that happened to me and I had a major, major, major like mental breakdown last night. So I don't have it all figured out. I actually texted Shelton Kennedy right away. Like I was in tears, crying. Matt was trying to grab me, give me a hug. And I just, I've been hiding the way that I've been really feeling um, forever, right? And what I've realized is that since I stopped using hard drugs, I feel great, but I'm still dealing with my reality. And I keep having these vivid, and it's just, it's really affecting my days. And Sheldon Kennedy suggested that I get treatment and he's right. I need to seriously get more um, help for for the trauma that I suffered. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you guys is because if you've suffered, I want to encourage you to do the same. I am going to reach out and I'm going to get the help that I need because I can't live like this anymore. I, I just, I can't.
it was pretty bad like yeah it was it was it was rough last night guys I'm, i just wasn't gonna say anything about it but i told you guys yeah i'm gonna be honest i was having major thoughts of suicide and i have been um because i just can't seem to escape some days from certain things and you know sheldon kennedy even that he's like that's just sort of part of it we have to learn how to deal with it and I just wanted to share that with you guys because I'm going to keep myself accountable. I need to I need to reach out and get help myself. I say it all the time, reach out and get help. I have. I've got my psych eval. I've done different things, counseling and all this, but I need more. I need more. I need more. And I know it. And it's okay. I've accepted it. It is okay. So if you're struggling, it's okay too. It's okay. There's people out there like me who are struggling too, but it's gonna be okay. I know it's gonna be okay because I believe it's gonna be okay and I'm gonna do everything I can to better myself, to better my life because if I don't, I know what will happen and it doesn't just affect my life, it affects the lives of those closest to me as well. So. This is me saying, it's time for me to walk the walk, step up, and really address these issues. And I would encourage anybody struggling with anything to do the same. The time is now, if not now, then when? Happy birthday, Matt Thompson. You're a true friend, a brother. Uh, Matthew Lazinski is looking down, extremely proud of you of both of us. The One Stop Skate Shop is not just a skate shop. It's about so much more. It's about friendship. It's about remembering Matthew Lazinski. It's about new memories. It's about the community of Morrisburg. It's about the hockey community. But every day, Matt Thompson and I start the day the same way when we get into the shop. We start the day with Tom Cochran Big League. And the reason why we do that is because when you come into the One Stop Skate Shop, if when you're a kid and you come to the One Stop Skate Shop, we know that your dream is to make it to the NHL. I'm gonna do everything I can and Matt is to help these kids achieve their dreams, whether it's the NHL or whatever. But while they're in our store, we make them feel special, we set the mood, and we take pride in what we do. We take pride in being hockey players, and we take pride in being part of this community Come see us, I swear. We love what we're doing. Um, and uh, we just continue building everything that we're doing. Um, and we do it all in Matthew Lazinski's name. It's amazing. Taylor, I can't wait for you to get up here. Thank you guys for listening. Time to get back to the One Stop Skate Shop. If you're struggling, reach out. That's what I'm gonna do, because I need to. Thank you so much. Your support, your listenership means so much to me. Please subscribe wherever you're listening. If you're watching on YouTube, press subscribe and hit that little notification bell, please. Um, and follow me on Instagram and follow Pucksport Foundation, guys. Um, and uh, stay tuned uh, for more on Dave Gilmore. Pucksport Warrior, number one.
seven years old, November 14th. Can't wait until I can finally meet Dave and Brandon Gilmore um, up there in Kingston. We're so proud of you. Um, thank you guys last time. Hope you all had a great Wednesday. It's hump day. We'll see you all again Saturday for episode number four. Who's going to be the guest? Stay tuned, guys. And remember, have a great day if you so choose.